Welcome to Embrace the Grain, a photography podcast where I discuss everything photography related. I'm Sherry Christensen and I hope you will enjoy the show. On to our next segment. So, something that's uh, always been fun for me is found film. What do you do with your found film? You know the ones that you see for sale in some bin in a thrift shop and there's a roll of film inside. It might be some crappy point and shoot that's got a roll of Kodak in the back or it could be pretty much anything on that film but there's film inside. What's on it, you know? That's kind of my thought. Maybe I'm just nosy or something, but I think found film is an adventure. I know some people don't develop it because they just don't want to bother with wasting their time and chemistry on it. And and they use it for other things like practicing uh, loading cameras or loading film reels or something like that. They do use it for a different purpose. But I like to develop it. I like to see what's on it. Call me nuts. I know. There's always that chance when you have found film that there's nothing on it. You've wasted your time. But what if there is something on it? And what if you actually find the people in the photos? doesn't happen does it actually it does I've had it happen one time I've probably developed 10 rolls of found film and I have had happen had it happen to me one time so we got this little Nikon point and shoot and inside there was a roll of film and it didn't have the little sight window on the back so nobody knew there was film in it and the battery was dead popped a new battery in it And it popped up, I think it was on frame 15. So I gave it to my mom and I said, just go out and shoot this. And I'll develop it. Have some fun. So she did and we developed it up. And the photos that mom had taken, you could tell the film hadn't been stored well. They were grainy and... A little bit degraded but the original ones that had been shot they weren't in bad condition they were a little grainier than normal but the color was pretty good so I thought okay it was it was a lady and she was making Christmas morning breakfast There were some little girls playing dress up and you could see Christmas trees in the background and there was an older couple posing together and then there was um, a couple with four people in two couples I guess and they were having fun and visiting it looked like they were just your typical Christmas photos where you take a few snaps of your family right and they never did finish the roll of film. And for some reason, 
the battery went dead and they got rid of their film camera and never thought thought to uh, check to see if there was film in it, right? So I put them up on social media. Now social media can be a powerful tool. And I didn't put any up of the children. I put a couple up with the older couple and the two couples posing and I said do you know these people found this roll of film and developed it would like to return their pictures please share and I live in Alberta and I got a message from a lady in Manitoba two provinces over that's me oh wow I found the people Somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, you know how it goes. And they had, it had been shared many times and that person that was in the photo actually seen it. So we emailed and and back and forth and uh, I asked her, you know, do you want prints of them? There's actually 15 of them. I didn't post them all. And she goes, oh wow. So I sent her like digital copy of all of them so she could see and she goes there's my dad he passed away quite some time ago and I thought oh my god this is like a priceless priceless thing for her her dad's gone and there's his photo now it's not the world's greatest quality because it has aged and it has degraded some But there is a clear photo of him. (coughs) And uh, she goes, oh, well, I should compensate you for these. And I said, no, look, no. These, These are your photos. You took them. I'll print them and mail them to you. I didn't mail her the negatives because they had some of ours on them, too. And they were in a long strip. And I guess I could have cut it, but... I'd ended up keeping them. But uh, yeah, I sent her two sets of prints actually, one for her and one for her mom. And, you know, she was just so amazed that someone would actually take the time and develop the film and reach out to try and find the people and actually send them prints for nothing. Because I I refused any compensation. Because, for one thing, it just made me feel good to do something nice for somebody, even if it's a complete stranger. Because the world's a harsh enough place. It's nice sometimes to just have something good out there, you know? And, uh, yeah, it really made me feel good. I've, uh, I would always develop my found film. The thing is, though, sometimes when you develop it, you don't know what's on it. And I know I laughed one time I bought a camera on it. And the lady at the till goes, uh, she goes, are you actually going to develop that? What if it's a bunch of perverted stuff on there? And I thought, well, if it is, I can just throw it out, you know. Nobody's going to see it but me. But there's always that risk too. But I've also found some really interesting stuff. Like one role I developed and 
uh, I had bought the camera actually in Arizona when I visited my mom. And uh, there was photos of a historical church in a really small town somewhere. And it looked and looked and looked. And I finally found the name on a building. So off to Google I went. And I found a little tiny town. I just forget the name of it offhand right now. But it was in New York State. And there were the same buildings in other photos. It was actually historical buildings. And they had had a fire five or six years ago and a bunch of these buildings had been destroyed. So I made copies of those negatives and I emailed them to the little town and put these in your archives. I found this found film and you know that was kind of cool to do that and I also found um, on a more local note um, the nearest city to us is Edmonton, Alberta and every summer they have an exhibition or a fair you would, might call it, and it's called Klondike Days. And there's this huge parade that goes downtown in Ed Edmonton on Jasper Avenue. And the film, all the pictures on that film were of the parade going down Jasper Avenue, <clears throat> probably in the late 60s or the early 70s, judging from the clothing and the cars in the background. And so I looked up the name. You could see some of the um, taller buildings had names on them. So I looked them up to get the street address and then went on um, Google Map and looked it up today. Entirely different place. The buildings that were in my photos no longer exist. They've been replaced by towering skyscrapers. And I thought, wow, that's just like a, it's like a time capsule. It's like going back in time and seeing what it was like, you know, 50 years ago. And all because of that roll of Vericrome pen in a 126 camera that I developed. Now, how cool is that? Because they were nice and clear. Um, I know the uh, FPP and the classic camera revival they always say Vericrome pan is bulletproof and after getting those developed I can see they're right so if I see any really expired Vericrome pan I'm gonna pick that up and shoot it you know just if they say it's bulletproof and that stuff came out just wonderfully like they were clear they probably sat in a closet all that time um, in fact, there were two shots left on it, and I shot them, and I could see just fine. The images that I shot on it were fine, too, so go figure, right? But found film, for me, it's always, yes, develop it, because there's always that one time where you might get the message, that's me, from the people on the, on the photos, right? That just, it still blows my mind that I actually found the people that were in the photos. Crazy.
So anyway, I'm going to move on to our next segment and take a little break here. Julie, now Kodak introduces a new pocket camera that lets you take your pictures two ways. What are you doing here? I'm going to take your picture. I can't come down. I'm studying. Well, that's okay. I can take it from here. The new Kodak Tele-Instamatic camera has two lenses inside that let you switch from normal, flick of a finger, to telephoto. for goodness sake. Hold it, Mrs. Wilson. Kodak Tele-Instamatic camera. Less than $36 at your photo dealers. Justin, you've got mail. Hey, guess what? We got our very first email. Yay! This is pretty exciting. I know somebody's actually listening. So anyway, I've got a letter here from Cass Fitzgerald. Thanks for writing in, Cass. So... Cass wrote, I was listening to a recent episode of Embrace the Grain in which you talked about cleaning the sticky rubber grip surface of a Nikon camera. I have always cleaned my F100 with sometimes Windex and sometimes isopropyl alcohol. I've never had a problem with a sticky grip. Recently, I picked up a second as-is F100, which is sticky. It works okay after I freed up the take-up spool by spinning it with my finger. Seems to work okay now. I put the new F100 on a tripod and I cleaned the whole sticky surface with the isopropyl and I let it dry, but it is still tacky. Now this is an early camera before the rewind fork was changed to the square style. Anyway, you mentioned using coconut oil as a finishing step. What does the coconut oil do? I had thought about using a talcum, like I use on inner tubes, but thought the oil may be better for non-slip surface, as ironic as that sounds. I tend to carry my cameras without a strap, and I hardly ever drop one. Does the oil dry well, or does it leave the rubber slick? Those are good questions, Cass, and I'm glad you hardly ever drop a camera. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, all joking aside, um, so coconut oil. Why coconut oil? So I guess the best way to describe this is have you ever removed a sticker from an object or a label and afterwards the label's gone, the sticker's gone, but when you pick it up, you can feel it. It's sticky on there. So, I have used coconut oil in the past to remove that. So I thought if it worked on that and never left any uh, stickiness, slipperiness, etc. afterwards, why wouldn't it work on a camera, right? This was trial and error. So, I gave it a whirl. And the secret to it is, coconut oil is a solid. So you dip your finger in the jar, right? 
and you get out just a little bit on your fingertip and it will liquefy with the heat of your finger. So it makes it extremely simple to apply a very small amount versus a liquid oil where you're going to have this stuff running all over the place, right? Um, so the secret also to using oil to get rid of the stickiness is once you've applied your oil, it is a must to buff it afterwards with a uh, cloth rag or a paper towel, anything of your choice really. And that is to remove the excess oil off of the object. Um, if you don't do that, yes, it could be slippery, but uh, not for long because eventually it would come off on your hands or whatever. But if you buff it, it's not going to be slippery. It's also not going to be sticky afterwards. And that is what you're looking for, right? Um, I never thought of using a talcum, but I'm not sure that would um, be a permanent solution. And the coconut oil seems to, I haven't had it come back this sticky. It seems to actually, I've had, had one that it's been going on a year and the stickiness hasn't, hasn't uh, returned. So, yeah, it won't leave it slippery. Give it a try. What are you out if you find it doesn't work for you? And hey, enjoy your new F100 cast. They're a terrific camera. Hey, welcome back. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is kids and photography. Now you have heard me mention probably multiple times that I have a grandson. He is currently three and a half years old and he's quite used to seeing camera gear. He's quite used to having a camera pointed at him. And it's surprising just how much the little ones pick up just by watching you. Now, I did mention in the last episode that we had our photos done on vacation and he knew how to pose and all of that, right? But when he was two, he had a toy camera, just a toy, didn't take pictures. And I noticed one day he was playing photographer. He had all of his little Hot Wheels all lined up just perfectly. And he had his toy camera up to his face and he was taking pictures. And then he would wind the knob and it looked like he was taking the picture out of the camera and then doing it all again. So it occurred to me that he's been watching me with film cameras specifically. Now I do have the digital and occasionally 
I will shoot them, but he hasn't noticed that anything different is going on. Because I have the screen turned off on my digital camera. Mostly because when I was shooting astrophotography, I go out in the dark and when you take your picture, that light would pop up and then I would lose my night vision. So I just totally got used to working in the dark and I didn't check any of my photos until it came in the house. So not seeing my photos immediately wasn't a new thing when I made the transition to film, right? So he didn't notice when I use my digital because it looks like my Nikon D800 looks pretty much identical to the Nikon F100. And I use the same lenses on it. But when I seen him playing with his Hot Wheels like that, I thought I should go down into my dud box of cameras. Now what's my dud box of cameras? They are the ones that you buy in the thrift store or pick up for a buck or two on eBay and they don't work. Now I don't have too many of them, I do have a few, but instead of throwing them out, I use them for spare parts. Um, I've had the odd camera repaired where I needed a rewind lever. There you go. I had a camera that I could scavenge from. I have used the strap lugs on other cameras. Um, the battery doors I've scavenged. I've heard the odd case where some of the newer cameras, the door latches break. So I don't now I haven't run across that yet, but I don't throw away the ones that don't work because I might use the parts later on down the road. However, in this box there was this vintage, probably 1950s Decora and the lens ring was severely bent. The door latch wouldn't quite stay closed and the shutter was completely frozen. So I didn't bother trying to fix that one. But I didn't throw it out. You never know, there might be a part in there somewhere that you might use, right? So I grabbed that one and I gave that to my grandson to play with. And what really surprised me, he picked that camera up, he looked through the viewfinder properly, he gripped it in his hand properly, and his finger knew exactly where to go to hit the shutter button. And so he's playing away, taking more pictures of his Hot Wheels, and he would put the camera up to his face, he'd press the button, and then he would go over to the rewind crank and give it a couple cranks, and then do it again, and he'd do that four or five times. And then he'd open the back. Now I didn't show him how to do any of that. He's picked this up and he was about two, two and a half then just from watching me use my camera. 
Oh, that's pretty interesting. So he is showing a bit of an interest in it. So I thought, well, maybe I will pick up a few just mediocre quality point-and-shoot film cameras. So when the time comes, he will have a camera to use. So I did that. And he's playing away with the old Decora film camera. And one day we were cleaning out the closet of my daughter's old room. And way back in the corner of things that she left here was a little tiny digital camera. And I thought it was odd that she didn't take it with her. But I didn't think anything of it, and I brought it out and threw a couple batteries in it, and it powered up, and then it powered off. Okay, so now I know why she left it here. So I took the batteries out, and I gave that camera to Caden to play with, since it's not working anyway. And he's looking it over, and he goes, this is where the pictures are, you take the pictures, right, Grandma? Yes. And this is where the batteries go, right, Grandma? Yes. And this is the button you push to take the picture, right, Grandma? Yes. And he's looking and he's looking and he says, where does the film go? And I thought that was kind of cute because he really hadn't noticed the difference between my Nikon D800 and my Nikon F100 since they do look almost identical and I use the same lenses on them. So he just thinks everything is a film camera. So I explained to him it was kind of like using an iPad or an iPhone to take pictures and that the little screen on the back is where the pictures were. And then I had to explain to him, but this one doesn't work, so you can play with it and practice. Okay, so he's playing away, and I thought, next time that I head into the thrift store and check out the camera case, I need to look for a point-and-shoot digital camera for him. And the next time I went, I found one. So it was a Panasonic Lumix, and on the front, it said, Leica, ooh, Leica lens on this guy. So I googled the um, model number, and it was only 12 megapixels, so it was a little bit older. And there was a battery in it, but there were no cords or chargers, so I didn't know if it worked. And on it it said five dollars and it was half price day so it was 250 and when I asked the lady at the till you know where's the charger they didn't have it so she knocked the price down further so now this camera was a dollar fifty and when I had googled the model number I didn't notice right away that the cord was missing but I did google if you could get a replacement for it and on Amazon 
you can buy replacement batteries and chargers and they happen to have the one for that model and it was about six bucks and I got a battery and a charger and actually a car charger came with it so I knew that I could get a battery as long as the camera worked it would be the perfect choice so I bought it and I brought it home and I ordered the replacement charger and battery and when that came I charged it up and I popped it in there and it worked yay so Caden had his camera so I went over to the drawer and I grabbed an SD card and I showed Caden you know this is how you turn it on and off and this is how you hold it and I thought young people tend to drop things he's only three and a half there's a good chance he could drop it so I showed him how to put his hand through the wrist strap and what that was for so that in case it slipped it wouldn't fall on the floor and break because this isn't a toy camera this is a real camera so he did that and he promptly went and took about 50 photos of Hot Wheels, his toy tractor, um, the telephone of all things, the dog, the cat, and one picture of me. And all within about five minutes. I want to take a picture of this and I want to take a picture of that I gotta get a picture of this it was actually kind of cute he was just going to town so I um, was really glad that I decided to go the digital route for him at this stage in his life now I know there are those fancy cameras that are roughly $45 made specifically for kids with big handle grips but they are only about 10 megapixels and I could see within two years he's gonna outgrow that he's not gonna want to use it but this little one he can use that for quite a few years and by the time he gets about six years old he can graduate to film by then he should have a good concept of how things work and maybe I can teach him a few um, fundamentals of composition so if you have kids in your life that would be a good place to start is a digital point-and-shoot they're cheap they're easy to get you can pick up the older models in the thrift store and you know if he breaks it I'm not going to be really sad because it was under 10 bucks, right? And, yeah. Um, that's probably all on that. I would, if you do have kids that are showing interest in it, please encourage them. Get them their own equipment. Show them how to use it. And just let them go to town. They'll have a blast. It'll be something that you can do together it's way better than screen time I'm not a big believer in screen time 
I would rather them go out and play or play games or go do something. Screen time is for when it's 40 below in the winter and everybody kind of wants to rest. Not for summer, not for spring, not for fall. So go do something with them. Encourage your kids. Let them grow into photographers. I wish that somebody would have done that for me when I was a child. Back then, and it was quite some time ago. My mom had one camera, and it took film. And very seldom were you allowed to touch it, because back then they were expensive. She bought one. You didn't touch it in case you dropped it or broke it. And film costs money to develop. So it's a whole different mindset with the digital. And that's going to wrap up our show. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to get in touch, you can drop me a line on email at embracethegrainpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me over at Instagram and see some of the stuff I've been talking about on the podcast at embrace underscore the underscore grain. Or just to see what I've been shooting, I'm on Instagram at Rural Route One Film. Or you can check out my website, rr1photography.com. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye.